Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is a bloke who's a little bit frazzled from the weekend. He had a very good start to the Supercoach year. Uh, one of them weeks for him where, unfortunately, things didn't quite go right. It's 2019 NRL Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, life in general has gone well, but just not my greatest week for Supercoach at all. Um, just switching the, switching the, the captain off uh, Cleary to Brian Toa in the hopes that he'd sort of pull an addo card, score four or five tries. Uh, but yeah, it just cost me 200 points and dropped me, I think, 2,000 spots overall to 3,000 odd. So yeah, and I brought in Jerome Luai to make it even, make matters even worse, sort of anticipating a big score and yeah, just other things didn't go my way. A couple of sin bins. Uh, I played Jordan Ricky over Jairo. Just ridiculous. Uh, played TKO as well, 20-odd. So, yeah, it's just one of those weeks where I look back on it and I think, like, how the hell did I ever win this competition <laughs> when so much can go against you in a single week and potentially just end your season. So, yeah, <laughs> that was my week. That's it, mate. And, uh, you, you do need things to fall in, into your place to go all the way. But, look, you're the king of the pods for a reason. It's because you don't play it for nearly every week. There's not, not every week of these pods going to come off, but uh, I think we've seen already, and the weekend was a great example, that you can jump some serious places in a short amount of time, just as you can drop a lot, uh, just as quickly. Also joining us today is the SC Playbook stat man, Adam DeRussi. Ads, how are you, mate? Very well, Timmy. Very well, mate. I, I, um, I captained... Uh, Nathan Cleary, so I don't have any of Dez's emotional <laughs> baggage coming into the podcast, so I'm very happy, mate. And, mate, how's the side tracking? Uh, it's getting better. I'm in the top 10,000 now, so I'm, I'm, I'm with an arrow, so I should pass Dez in about four weeks or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right, mate. On the charge, uh, Desi, I had pretty much the polar opposite week to you. Uh, footy uh, outside of Supercoach was, was pretty cook. Uh, broke my nose for about the 13th time in my career on the weekend, which which is pretty grim sort of stuff, proving once again that skinny white boys should probably stick to golf and stay away from footy as much as possible. But here we are. However, on the Supercoach front, the Kuma Stallions came good with 1,500 points. Uh, so saw a bit of a jump, or a pretty decent jump actually, up into into the 4,000s overall. So making a bit of a, a charge there, but uh, still plenty of work to do. A few good things. I, I also skipped Nathan Cleary, thankfully there. Uh, I think we've, we've spoken a little bit about it before, but there was sort of the temptation to loop Tommy Chaboyevic. Um, but, you know, with these monster scores we're seeing, uh, you know, I think that that loop number's got to be sort of around 140, even close to 150 at the moment, provided there's a, a game later in the round that looks pretty friendly for one of the popular skipper options. Uh, and I was lucky enough to save a trade too. So uh, things are on the up, hopefully, for more than just this week. Uh, guys, on today's show, <clears throat> we'll go through the team news with all the Supercoach relevant team changes there. Going to have a really big discussion on buy planning because it is closing in on that all-important round 13 very quickly. We'll go through the hot topics of the week, including a few of Adam's stats from his article. Uh, we'll drop our pod and antipod plays, a couple of punning plays, our trades and skippers for the week, followed by a few questions to wrap it all up. 
A uh, quick shout out to Simply Red, coached by Stephen, who leads our SC Playbook Unlimited group. He's also number one overall ranked in Supercoach, so he's on fire. We'll be riding him home. Um, the prize eligibility for our Unlimited group closes at the end of round 12 uh, for our subs- highest ranked subscriber and non subscriber to beat all the contributors. So if you want to jump in there, the code is 784746. All right, fellas, let's jump into the team news for this week. And it was a pretty rare week where um, super coaches weren't impacted too significantly compared to what we'd seen in the past, uh, despite a few suspensions and a few other things for uh, high shots and whatnot else. Uh, I'll start with one, and that was Tyrone Peachy, who you guys might be able to help me, but Peachy's out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I think it's two weeks to suspension, Dez, you might be able to help, and then he will be back for that round 13. So I suppose you've got to hold Peachy despite a pretty poor weekend against the Panthers. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say you'd have to hold him. He's looking pretty good, and I think he's still a pod, I think. Adam would probably be able to tell you a bit more on his ownership percentage. So I think, yeah, given his percentage, he's definitely a hold. Mm. There's another one which um, the opinion on this bloke seems to change each and every week. He's proving that hard to catch. I know you're an owner. Uh, C.O.C.Y. Takiaho, been named on the bench again, played bugger all minutes on the weekend. What are you doing with TKO? Uh, I was going to trade him to James Fisher-Harris, but I'm not sure if that trade's passed. I don't know. I, I had a feeling on JFH a few weeks ago. I didn't follow the hunch. Um, and he's, he's scored two tries since. So I might trade TKO to JFH, but I have my eye on a, a bit more of an attacking trade. So, yeah. <laughs> we did. We had the discussion a couple of weeks back about JFH and how he lacks the upside, which I, I still do think he lacks the upside. Uh, but you were saying the attacking stats had to come. He's looking good. And as you said, two tries in two weeks for about scores of 80 and 90-odd. Uh, so that hurts a little bit for you, mate. Adam... Um, firstly, have you held Josh Schuster? Held Josh Schuster. Um, Schuster being named to start in the back row again. Kieran Foran's out for at least this week, we know. We thought that maybe he changes to 5'8", uh, but he will stay in the back row. Schuster guy, are you, you holding or have you already sold him? I've sold him, but I think if I if I still had him in there, I would be holding. I, I think I'd be holding, yeah. But, I mean, I'll put it this way. I sold him Tyson Gamble like a lot of other people didn't. Uh, I wish I had Josh Schuster, although his dollars will come in handy this week in upgrading someone else, but um, I'd probably hold. Yeah, it's tough. I'm, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on Schuster. He's looking really, really good in actual NRL. I think there's some big scores coming again, despite looking like uh, it's already his peak for the time being. I think there's good scores to come. I'll more than likely sell before round 13, um, but which we'll get to a little bit with the buy numbers in a minute. Uh, maybe I'll even hold him all the way through to round 17. Um, Desi, no, Jordan Ricky gone for, again, is, is he suspended for a week or two weeks or something? Um, I know you're someone who's held him. Uh, will you be holding on to Jordan Ricky for round 13 or are you selling? What, what's the latest on him, do we know? Um, I'm not sure how long he's out for, but I think he would be back for that buy. So I, I've got bigger sort of fish to fry than Ricky, so I'll probably just leave him there and then hope that he just comes in because Broncos should be down on a couple of forwards due to origin. You'd expect he'll play 80 minutes during that bye round, even if he takes the uh, the guilty plea. So I'm just going to hold him. Oh, here we go. 
Uh, Broncos second row, Jordan Rickey's accepted a two-match ban for the crusher tackle. Uh, awesome news for you, Desi, because it does mean he'll play round 13. Hopefully comes in and plays 80 minutes there. Uh, coming in for him in the back row for the Broncos is Keenan Palacio. Guarantee I pronounced that wrong. Sorry, mate. Um, one to monitor over coming weeks as a potential round 13 purchase. However, with Ricky coming back, uh, you'd, you'd probably have to assume that he goes to the bench, if not out of the 17 entirely. Uh, but keep an eye on him anyway. Um, Adam, Ryan Pappenhausen, mate, those poor buggers who held on to him, and, and they did it for, for good reason. I know the Spire was one of them. Came on uh, about 20 minutes in, got that pretty crook-looking HIA whilst setting up a try. Uh, tough on the stomach uh, for his owners. Yeah, I feel for him. I mean, they were very patient, and, and uh, 16% of the top 10,000 teams had got him. So uh, plenty of people did hold, and I think they'd be spewing. Cause, and he looked good when he came back. I mean, you, as soon as he came back, you could see why you would have kept him, but um, I think they've already, you know, he's probably already cost those teams their season if they're trying to win because you know the players that he could have brought in for him in the last three weeks have all gone berserk. So it would have been a very costly hole, unfortunately. It becomes a bit of an awk one now because, I mean, realistically speaking, you have to sell him with this plethora of amazing fullbacks we have at our disposal, including those who sold James Tedesco in the last month or so. Um, but... Pappy has a break-even of 185, has that 23 in his rolling average, so he's going to drop so much money. Um, definitely out this week. There's every chance that he's out for round 12 as well, but if he does come back next week, they're playing the Broncos, uh, and then there's every chance that he misses out on Origin as well. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are saying he sort of has to be there, but I'm sort of struggling a little bit to see where where you fit him into that blue squad Um but, I mean, Ads, I, I suppose you've got to sell him, don't you? Or, or can you make a case to hold him potentially for round 12 and 13? Uh, look, I'd, I'd have to sell him. But I think – I reckon if he doesn't play round 12, then he'll play round 13. I, I think if he – I reckon he either plays round 12 and then he'll get selected in origin because mm. I just think he's a bench player. And I think Freddie made a mistake not picking him there last year and probably been ruining it ever since. So I, I think he plays origin if he comes back next week and he's okay. And so, so I kind of look and think he's going to miss one of the next – two after this week. So you're looking at missing at least two of three, in my opinion, in which case it's just too much money on the bench. In saying that, probably all of the fullbacks that you'd want apart from Gutherson are going to miss round 13. So uh, I'd have to sell those. It's just too much money. Yeah, and, and it's a good point you make. And then it sort of brings to concern um, if he is – okay to play next weekend in the past where maybe Craig Bellamy would have taken it a little bit easier with him and a little bit more cautious particularly with how well Melbourne are going if Pappy's trying to press his claim for an origin berth maybe they do let him play so it's just so many factors to weigh up but uh, there does seem to be a lot more cons than there does pros so probably got to go uh, the next and last one on the the major of the Supercoach team news that I sort of spotted in the last half an hour was Kurt Capel back for the Panthers pushing Liam Martin to the bench <clears throat> uh, Martin who delivered for new owners last week I don't think they'll be too upset by that. It was whatever expected to happen. You probably sit Liam Martin outside your 17 for this week and next. Uh, then there's all likelihood that he comes back and plays 80 minutes in round 13 is a very valuable number uh, before selling at a profit after round 13. Guys, if you are interested in our subscription package, it's $30 for the NRL package, $40 for NRL and BBL. Uh, gives you access to hundreds of extra articles across the season, access to our subscriber special podcast, uh, and would be supporting the site if that is something that you're interested in doing. No dramas if not. Hey, guys, let's get stuck into, I mean, arguably the most important topic we're going to talk about for the season, uh, and it is approaching the buy period. We're, we're only a few weeks off now. 
Um, two full rounds before round 13 crops up and half the competition will be on buys. Desi, I'll start with you, mate. I've done a lot of homework on this today to, to have a look at um, preparation for the buys, not only for round 13, but round 17. Uh, mate, how are you weighing up at the moment? How many numbers do you look like having for round 13 and, and just what's your, your general vibe on it all? Uh, I think I have around 10 or 11 for round 13 right now. So I'd probably aim to get another two or three more guns, probably just trading in guns from here for probably 13 or 14 maybe. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, And then round 17, obviously you can go lower than that, probably only need 11 or 12 players. Um, But you can definitely prepare for both with trades right now. Like you don't have to trade in players for um, round 11 necessarily. Uh, Round 13, you can trade them in for round 17, Uh, like Tohu, for example. So, yeah, I'm looking for 24 to 25 players across both buyers pending injuries. Mm. Yeah, it is looking that way. And, I mean, it, it's probably looking more like, again, don't don't disregard round 17. But if you are looking to bring in guys like Torhu, uh, guys like Stefano Utakamanu, Spencer Lenu, who may not even be playing round 13 as they're not in the 17s of their teams at the moment, maybe they're the guys that you move in. So So there's a lot to consider. Um, Adam, have you had a chance to have a bit of a look at it uh, that far forward yet, mate? Yeah, I've had a, I've had a look, mate. I've got similar numbers to Des, depending on those two blokes. Where you just mentioned whether they play or not. Mm. Maybe maybe Lenu comes in. Um, I, I don't know. I, so I I think at the moment I'm ten, assuming those guys don't play, and I probably bring in another probably four guys. I, I haven't looked in detail, so I reckon I'll probably have thirteen or fourteen. I just think there's more keepers who are playing in round 13 than round 17, so I'm probably biased there. But um, it's tough, isn't it? It's not, it's not, not going to be easy this year. The buy runs are close. It's going to be a tough one. Mate, it's so, so tough. Um, so I'll run you through my, my thoughts and my sort of calculations of how I'm looking for round 13 and round 17, and feel free to pick my brains about it afterwards because it's all pretty fresh to me. I'm sure there's holes in it, but... Uh, how I'm looking at that, basically, I've excluded all the likely or locked-in origin players, um, meaning your, you know, your Tom Trebojevic, your James Tedesco's, um, any of them who might be playing origins, certainly haven't counted them in there, junior Paulos even. Um, pre-round 11, I currently have 12 players for round 13, but that includes Brian Toto, who's an origin chance, Jake Simpkin, who isn't even in the 17 or even 21 for the Tigers, so he's unlikely, Spencer Lenu, Stefano Utakamanu, and Sean Bloor. So basically, realistically, if three of them five play round 13, I will be looking at anywhere from 13 to 15 for round 13. That's if I use the six trades that we have between now and round 13, which, you know, isn't horrible, but, uh, you know, we need to be looking at saving trades for the remainder of the season. I've saved two so far, uh, and I'd like to have saved one or two more. Um but 13 to 15 for round 13 is probably being a little bit optimistic. It might be closer to that sort of maybe 11 to sort of 13 mark. Um, for round 17, if I do get those numbers for round 17, that would leave me with only four or five players for round 17 when that round 13 finishes. And that's assuming I sort of trade your Bailey Simonsons, Jason Saabs, Josh Schusters, et cetera, uh, to get in round 13 targets. We then have 11 trades to use between round 14 and round 17. 
That includes the Super Trade Week where between rounds 15 and 16 where you get five trades. So if you use 10 or ten of 11 trades available in that time, I'll be looking at about 12 to 15 max for round 17, which will give me around about that 25 to 30 max mark for both rounds. And most importantly, fellas, and, and I'll get your thoughts on this, particularly interested in Desi's. If I'm to use six in the next couple of weeks before round 13 and then 10 between before round 17, that'll leave me with six or seven trades for the final eight rounds of the year, which is very, very grim, having already saved two trades already. Des, give us any feedback on that. I know there was a lot of dribble there, but, um, mate, all I got from my work there was that trades are going to be an absolute scarcity by the end of round 17. Oh, yeah, you absolutely expect so. I think I'm pretty much going to do exactly that scenario. Well, I'll only have uh, probably five or six trades left for the last couple of, five, probably five or six rounds. That's probably one trade a week for the final two months of the season is fine. It just depends on injuries. So you're going to really be banking on it. Um, whether they change a couple of these rules, especially uh, <laughs> Simbins, etc. Uh, we won't get too into that though, but yeah, I, I think you probably don't need more than 10 trades for the last 10 weeks. As a bloke, Des, we, with a couple of sort of MPRs in there already and, and you're you're really going for the go hard or go home approach to it. It's how you won it uh, back a couple of years ago. Mate, you, you must be, if you're going to go that hard at the buy period and leave yourself with, yeah, you know, it's said only sort of five or six trades for the final eight rounds, you must be concerned that you're going to be short of a 17 um, over the back end of the season. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the risk you have to take, though. You may as well take the risk earlier in the season than later, um, and risking it over the buy rounds is quite a good time to do it and make up ground. Mm. Yeah, can certainly backfire, but at the same time, I know you always speak, Desi, about how you know if you want to win Supercoach, they're the risk that you have to take, and, and you do have to go hard at things. Uh, Adam, have you saved any trades yet? And how, sort of going through those numbers, how how do you feel about the, the sort of the scarcity of trades in post round seventeen? Look, I'll be pretty similar. I think well, I've got twenty two left at the moment, so I think it's going to leave me with similar, maybe five or something. Um, look, the way I'm looking at it is, those bye weeks are a chance for me to kind of climb up the rankings. So I just know that if if you do get those sorts of numbers, you'll you'll fly up the rankings because so many other teams won't because they'll be playing head to head or not planning as well. And then I think you've just got to, you've just then got to be really tight with your trades afterwards, and only really use them for must trades. You know, like if a Nathan Cleary went down, you bring in a, a halfback, as opposed to anything remotely sideways or nice to have. Mm. And you know, I know from personal experience, like having gone in with two trades in the last week, you know, coming about tenth with two trades, I thought it was going to be a huge advantage, and it ended up not being any advantage at all. In fact, it actually cost me. I think. I think you might have been the same last year yourself, and I think you had a trade go into the last week and it looked like it was going to be such a big advantage, but it doesn't always end up that way. So I'll definitely be optimising those buy rounds as much as I can and then and then being really frugal using the trades afterwards. Mm, yeah, interesting sort of takes there, fellas. And, and I, I think just uh, probably the big picture is, you know, for teams that I know Desi's going really, really hard at it, as he tends to do, um, if you haven't, for teams that haven't saved a trade yet, I think you've really got to try and save minimum one, but preferably two between now and round 13 because you will need them 
Um, you probably don't want to be using 11 of 11 trades between round 13 and round 17. Um, so anyway, just just monitor this. You know, If you're lucky enough or not lucky, smart enough to have saved three or four at this stage, I think that's a huge advantage on the rest of, uh, of Supercoach at this stage. So anyway, plenty to consider and we'll chat more about it leading into round 13. But uh, it's, it's a really, really difficult period to navigate and it, it's going to make a, have a massive bearing on the overall rankings. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested interested in a career fueled by game changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, on that, let's get into our hot topics of the week, and we're going are going to start with Adam Stats. Uh, if you haven't read his article yet, you're doing Supercoach wrong. Um, basically, what it is is it gives you the a more accurate depiction or of the true ownership of Supercoach players. Um, so what that means is uh, the longer Supercoach goes on, a lot of active Supercoach players drop off and stop playing, so they won't trade. So if a player gets injured for the season, they've still got them in their team, so their ownership stats are skewed on the website. Adam's able to get the stats uh, and give us a better indication of what the top 100 teams, what the top 1,000 teams, who they own uh, and how highly owned these players are. Um, Adam, what are the stats that sort of took your eye in this week's article? Yeah, a few, mate. So um, I guess, first of all, it's interesting just seeing, I guess because last week was so much carnage with so many big names going down, it's it's interesting to see how many teams are still screwed by that, you know, how many teams are still stuck with David Fafida, uh, Cameron Munster, um, Jake Simpkin, these sorts of guys, Harry Grant. So even though all of those players look like obvious trade-outs last week. There's a lot of teams still still stuck with them. So as an example, you know, 22% of teams have still got Cameron Munster, uh, where he's, he's going to be out at least two of the next three. 42% have still got David Fafita. He's going to be out for two of the next three. And, you know, the guy's on, what is he, 840,000 or something like that. So quite a few teams are obviously still recovering from last week. And then you add to that this week a guy like Josh Curran. He's now the most owned Second row forward, like eighty-three percent of teams in the top ten thousand have got uh, Josh Curran, and he's he's gone, and Peachy's gone, and these sorts of things. So I reckon there will be a few teams out there that are hurting because of just how much, how many key players they got. And, you know, we mentioned Pappenhausen before; he'd be he'd be the same boat. So that, that was one thing. Just and that was good news to me because I'm not stuck in that situation of having big dollars stuck on my my um, pine. The other one was someone like Ryan Madison. So I, I waited a week last week. I, th- I knew he'd be popular before the buy, and you now everyone's going to bring him in. But he's you know, 64% of the top 100 teams, or 64 out of the top 100 teams have, have got Ryan Madison already and, and 40% wow. of the top 10,000. Like that's from 1% last week. So so I reckon there's a whole bunch of teams thinking, oh, I'll, I'll have Ryan Madison, he'll be a pod. Well, already he's not a pod. Um, so to- Tohu Harris is more of a pod in the top 100 than – than Ryan Madison. And I understand why when he's playing the buy round, but it's um, that was interesting to me how how many people jumped on Madison. And the other, yeah. the other one was interesting, um, just to wrap up, was at Hooker, like Jaden Braley's ownership has gone back up again, I think by another um, 5% or something like that. So so the people who did sell Jake Simpkin, they they went back to Braley. So it's, it's interesting. I reckon we were all thinking Braley was one of those guys who was doing well early in the season. But he's just scoring so consistently that, you know, he's right now he's, he's just a better super coach player than, say, Damien Cook. I think I think Damien Cook's now cheaper than Connor Watson. So Fire not out. only is Jaden Braley looking like a good round 13 option, but 
you know, if you get rid of him after round 13, you'll have to start thinking about who you bring back in. That yeah, um, that's it. And and there's some really good ones here. I can hear I can hear Desi simmering on the end of the microphone over there about Jaden Braley. He's got some strong thoughts on da- Jaden Braley. But mate, the Madison one was really interesting. I, I can't believe well, I sorry, I can believe it, but just with his head knock concerns and how fragile he is, how many people jumped on him last week. Uh, so far, so good to them. I know I'm still probably planning on waiting to round 13 just to make sure he gets through to that time for him. Uh, but that one, you, I mean, you mentioned 5'8". Uh, the diversity at 5'8 at the moment, there's so many good options and a lot of like pretty decent pot options as well. I mean, Adam Dewey, 7% of the top 100. Uh, we know how popular he He would have been far higher had he not been moved to centre last week, but mm. he made a bit of a mockery of that move anyway. Desi, I know you. You know after the the top the top debacle of last week, captaining, you had a bit of a look into Adam's captaincy stats this week. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't had a look t- too much into uh, the ones this week though. But I think just for me and for much of the listeners, captaincy armband is just the ultimate question right now. Like, can you ever really comfortably take the armband off Nathan Cleary? for the rest of this season when he's just delivering so consistently and like has a ceiling arguably higher than all the fullbacks as proven this week. And uh, I sort of like thought about it. I saw someone on Twitter sort of post that they would have been coming 50th overall if they captained their highest scorer each week. So, you know, I, I did it for my own team and worked out I would be coming first overall. <laughs> so that just puts into perspective that my trades have been perfectly fine like I've had the right plays in my team I got on Papa Lee early um I got these guys in like but my captaincy of Teddy for his 20 Ponga for 40 and now Toa for 30 odd has just cost me literally first first place so that's how cutthroat captaincy is this year and I think over the buy rounds and state of origin it's gonna sort the men from the boys and decide sort of who wins it Mm. That's it, mate. And I touched on it earlier, but it's with the massive, massive individual individual scores we keep seeing. Uh, I rave on about it every week, but you know, you get these captains right. You now, if you get a pod skipper right, you can jump the the ranking so quickly. You can fall down them pretty quickly as well. Um, if you steer away from the crowd and someone like Nathan Cleary goes as big as he did on the weekend, but. Um, you know, what to say you don't jag a pod skipper who gets 190 points. Uh, it's exciting. It's, it's one of the more exciting Supercoach years I think we've had in, in a fair while. Desi, Nico Hines, the talking point of this week. 582K, scored about 180 on the weekend. Uh, unbelievable for people that jumped on Nico Hines that few weeks ago thinking they'd get a couple of decent runs in before Ryan Pappenhausen came back. <clears throat> Thought he'd then be dropped and then come back for round 13, maybe lose a bit of value in that time. Uh, you know, injuries have just hammered the storm. Cameron Munster out, so Hines has moved to 5-8 for the weekend game. Pappenhausen goes down after 20 minutes. Nico goes back to fullback and just goes ballistic. So 582K, negative 65 break even, dual centre wing fullback. Um, Des, is he on your radar this week or is he too expensive? Oh, I think he definitely has to be on the radar. 582 is probably affordable to most people now. I think people would have a large enough wallet probably selling David Fafita last week. Most people would have. So I think, yeah, if you've got the money, bring in Nico Hines. Honestly, this this guy is a god. He can score 180. He's in. Mm, he looks like a bit of a god as well with that <laughs> luscious hair. Adam, what about for you, mate? Nico on the radar this week? Yeah, look, he, he kind of has to be, doesn't he? Like Des said, I, I think 
I'm definitely looking at him. My, my biggest issue with him is I would, just with the composition of my side, I'd probably need to trade out Dane Laurie to bring him in. And I'm not not sure I want to be trading out a round 13 guy like Laurie, who's been pretty good. I know the last couple of weeks have been a bit quieter, but he has been good to trade out a guy who is playing round 13 for another one. So I'm, that's the only thing. And, and I know the way these things work. So many teams are going to bring him in that he's not going to be the pod that we're all thinking. So I don't know. That's the thing that's got me going is maybe I'm better off finding a round 13 player somewhere else. Yeah, that makes it really tough. Um, and, and I mean, it's it's not what you'd call a sideways trade, but it's 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 sort of on that uh, on that periphery, um, mate. We you touched on Ryan Madison before. Uh, do you plan on going early? I think he's if he gets through the next few weeks uh, and then doesn't get picked for Origin and he's available for round thirteen, he becomes the definition of a must-have, even though he'd be a bit more higher priced. Will you be waiting on Ryan Madison or going early? Well, I haven't worked out what I'm doing this week yet, so I, I probably will. Like I, I've got Takiyaho, and I just, I just can't trust the guy. But in there, I don't know what's going on there because he's such a gun. I don't know what Trent Robinson's doing. He must be trying to protect him, or maybe he's got an injury that we don't know about or something. So I feel like I might have to trade out Takiyaho and then move Pangai up to prop and bring in Madison. So I'll probably do that, uh, but I'll have to. I have to have a look at what some of my other options are, but at the at the moment, and I, and I think, you know, I might even bring in Madison and Fisher Harris. I don't know. I just Fisher Harris, I got burned a couple of years ago where he had a good run like this. I brought him in, and then he's punched out fifty after fifty. So he's the sort of guy that can do that as well. So I'm in I'm in two minds, as you can hear. But Madison is the one I, I will definitely be bringing him in before the buy round. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Desi Adam Dewey you mentioned before stung those. Uh, Madge Maguire stung super coaches who were real keen on him when he was playing 5'8", uh, had scored 141 the week prior. Uh, I think a lot of people jumped ship on that trade plan when he got moved to centre for the game against the Knights on the weekend. People hammered Madge, myself included, for moving him to centre and by to 5'8". They came out and played probably their best game of the year, looked really good in attack. Uh, and Dewey, regardless of the move to centre, put on 114 points. He's now 664 grand, negative 14 break even, plays round 13. Has the ship sailed on Adam Dewey? No, of course not. No, definitely not. Uh, the ship hasn't sailed on anyone. Like I'm saying, we have, most people would have a lot of money in the bank, or like, I, I just don't see how you wouldn't, because you would be selling David for feed off, and pretty much everyone has him. So you should be able to jump from Schuster or whoever you have there, Watson, to Dewey pretty 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 uh, comfortably and have enough money to do so. Uh, I think it's going to be a priority trade for a lot of people this week. Mm, interesting. Um, I know he looked good at Senna last week. Uh, the Tigers run is so enticing against the Warriors and then against the Dragons, but I just don't still – I still don't rate the, the Tigers too much at all. And 664K for a bloke playing Senna, you've also got to buy at 5'8", where there are so many other good options – um, I'm. I mean, I, he's hard to knock, but I don't think the Tigers are that hard to knock. And if they don't show up and have a crook game, which we've seen them do time and time again this year, I just think think him playing centre limits him so much for a massive, massive price. What are your thoughts, Adam? Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I think if he was five eighth, I probably would have picked him up. The other issue is he plays the Panthers in round thirteen. So even though he plays round thirteen, which is attractive, the Panthers are so frugal 
in their defence. And I know they'll have a couple of origin blokes out, but I still think that team will cover the, the origin as well as any team. So if any if there's any round where Dewey mightn't do as well, I, I think it'll be round 13. So I'm not – I don't think I'll be bringing him in, but I can understand why teams are. And to be honest, the guy's playing way better than I was expecting, but the combination of centre and then playing Panthers in round 13 will probably put me off, I think. Mm. The bloke that I do think is really aided by Dewey's move to centre is David Nofaluma, who I was a little bit on the fence with. He he sort of hasn't quite reached his heights of last year, um, or he hasn't even got close to it, to be fair, despite looking pretty good. Now that Dewey's gone to right centre inside Nofa, I think the Tigers are going to have to start sending a lot of attack to that right edge, which they hadn't been doing this year, which uh, has gone against Nofa. He's 542k, break even of 29. His base is down a little bit this year, down to 29 per game. But now that he's got such a quality ball player in Adam Dewey inside him, I think that can really open up Nofa, who is an absolute proven gun of the past. And even this year, he's still having 62 points and looked pretty damn good. So uh, Desi, Nofa's got to be a, a pretty prime trading target before 13, if not this week. Yeah, get in Nofa as soon as you can. Um, as for Adam Dewey, a good ball player, that's another... <laughs> Another uh, issue. The ball player playing at centre is what I should have said. Yeah, but he's still not going to pass it, I don't think. I think he's going <laughs> to score plenty of tries himself. I think Dewey becomes even more appealing at centre than he was at 5'8". That's a bold prediction from me, but I think it's true. This guy is really good at running the ball. Okay, so you think he'll hinder Noffa? Um, Not necessarily, but I think you have to have both guys in, Definitely. Definitely have both for the buy. Like, they are high priority right now. Tiger's right edge, like you said, is going to turn it on. They've got an easy draw. And I think the Panthers probably don't put up as much of a fight as you guys are expecting. I think they'll maybe potentially just throw a couple of games away um, over the origin period, lose the two points. It doesn't matter too much. They don't have to win every game. But, you know, they're on a massive winning streak, so who knows? Mate, they haven't lost a club game in a year and a half. <laughs> it's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> it might uh, happen if they lose Luai to Origin. You never know. And and as I mean, Luai is probably the big one there. But I mean, as you said, um, you're going through their team. Blokes that they'll they'll lose to Origin. Brian Toto is a decent chance, but far from a lock, especially now with Tommy Turbo back and fit. They'll lose Cleary. Luai is probably, you know, maybe 60-40 to get a run there. Probably gets picked, but not necessarily. But then, you know, Matty Burton shifts into the halves. He's a weapon. Tyrone May probably plays in the halves with him. Um, they're 8-9, 10-11, all probably still going to be there. Kurt Cape will play his origin. Liam Martin comes in and starts at lock. Um, you know, Spencer Lenu, he's a gun. He's not even in their 17 at the moment. So, you know, these are these are guys who are going to be chomping at the bit for a run. Um it's going to be exciting to see how they turn up. But, you know, based on what we've seen in the last, as you said, 18 months, there's no reason to think they can't turn up again. But um, no. ex- exciting times. Momorowski, Nader, oh. their reserve grade side. I, I, I didn't see what happened on the weekend, but they haven't lost a game. Like they've only considered they're 72 they're points in 10, 10 weeks. <laughs> they're due. They're definitely due. <laughs> Hey, uh, Adam, for anyone who did hold Dave Feeder last week, he now only misses one more week. Then he'll play, then he'll miss Origin, then he's back. Uh, would you sell Dave Feeder if you still owned him this week? Yeah, I would. Yeah, would. I just think it's too much, too much money on the pine. I, I think he's got a fairly big 
break even as well. I know that week you'll be if you had him that one week, you'd be happy to have him as a as a pod. But I, I just think with that much money on the pod, there's, there's, there's got to be someone who's going to score a lot of points in round thirteen instead of having him there. You know, one of these gun players like a Madison or whoever they might be, James Fisher Harris. Yeah, they'll, they'll punch out you know, sixty or seventy or eighty. I don't see how he's going to offer you that incrementally in round round twelve. So yeah, I, I definitely would. Solid last yeah. week. Yeah, and as we have touched on before, I believe uh, the Titans round fourteen and eighteen after the major Origin bye weeks uh, play. I think on the Friday night both times. So for feeder, a huge chance at a rest or a spell or you know reduced minutes, any of that sort of thing. So just just something to keep in mind if you are thinking about for feeder. Um, Desi, probably one for more head-to-head, um, but I saw a few questions around Dane Laurie and people asking if they should be cashing him in now if he's peaked. Um, I mean, probably, A, can you make a case for selling Dane Laurie now? I know Adam talked about it. If you're overall uh, and if you're head-to-head, would you be selling? Uh, I don't think you'd sell in either case, to be honest. Laurie went massive the other week. He scored 120-odd points, which shows he has a ceiling. Um, and he plays the buy round. Why would you sell a center wing this close to the buy round? It makes no sense. You definitely hold him in either scenario. Hmm. Yeah, see, I, I don't – I mean, again, no way would I be selling him in overall. Um, I think he's too valuable. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're head-to-head and, I mean, everyone's going to be pretty struck down over that bye week, you know, he's well, – he's had two scores of well under 40 in a row at the moment. Um, hasn't been setting – aside from that, ton that he did score he had I think he had a top score of 70 odd this season so mate, I don't mind it if you, if you head to head trading Dane Laurie I would have done it ages ago if I was a head to head player but you know as you said with every week we are creeping closer to that round 13 so maybe you do just hold him um, Jarvid Bowen is a pretty popular cheapie this week he, he scored a try on the weekend uh, looking okay um, it's a pretty weak cheapie scene this week Adam is he a guy that you'd be considering if you needed to, to force cash into your side? Uh, I haven't, So, I, but no. I, have, I haven't been looking at it today. I was looking last night, so I haven't considered Probably it. Probably for good reason. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a no for me. Yeah. He's yeah. 186K, negative 37 break even. Um, I mean, the Cowboys don't play around 13, which doesn't help. Job security's always got to be an issue in that side. Decent enough run of the Knights and the Warriors before that buy, so one to consider. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, job security is always such a huge, huge issue uh, with sides like the Cowboys. Desi, Josh Curran, you jumped on him. Most most teams did, to be honest, of the top ranked sides as well. Um, he, I don't think there's any definitive timeline just yet on how long he's out for, but with no round thirteen coverage, I think he's made about 180k. Is it time for him to go? I actually didn't get him, so um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I uh, avoided that one. Yeah, it's, I'd probably sell him. There's mm. lots of attacking options, like you know, you got Luciano Lelua looming as a perfect sort of replacement for a guy like that, um, similar in price. So yeah, I think it is time to go. What about you, Adam? Are you a Josh Curran owner, and what are you doing if so? Yeah, I am. I'm. Um, I, I am at the moment, but I suspect I won't be before this round. I think I've, I think I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to trade him and Takiyaho out to um, Madison and Fisher Harris, but it's just a case of whether I do something at centre and that 
But with Kate Well being named, I think that's what I'm probably going to do because Kate Well's my fourth centre, and I think I'm going to keep him, and I think I'm going to keep Dane Laurie for all the reasons we talked about before. So I'm probably going to trade out Karen. Yeah, one thing for people to uh, to have a bit of a look at as well. I know it's when looking at that sort of buy coverage. Um, you know, people that want to have Dewey in their team, Nofaluma, Dane Laurie, maybe Luciano Leilua, and stack their sides with a, a, a pretty uh, unreliable team in the Tigers. Post round, post round twelve, they play the Panthers, Eels, Storm, Rabbitohs, and then don't play round seventeen. Um, that's about as hard a run as you can get, minus the Roosters being in there. So post round thirteen. You- you're really not going to be too confident playing a lot of these guys unless the Tigers really turn their form around and play like they did on the weekend every week. Um, so just something to be cautious of. Um, Desi, Connor Watson, you've held him this long. Do you just hold through to round 13 despite the lack of minutes? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the time to sell Watson would have been last week or the week before. Um, the same goes for probably um, Barnett and Brayley as well. If you've held this long, you're definitely not selling buy players um, in round 11. So it's, it makes no sense. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think yeah, there, there was a time that you potentially could have sold any or all of those guys. Um, but, you know, we're, so we're two weeks away. We know how important those buy numbers are. So I'd be holding both of them if, if you've held this long. Um, Adam, anything to add to the hot topics before we move on? No, I think you've done a, a good job, mate. I think... Um... I think the only thing I'd add to your Tigers analysis is that they're also pretty rubbish sides, so mm. <laughs> I, I don't want to be overloading my side with Tigers. I already feel like I've got too many. Mate, I could not agree more. I've got that in the back of my head as well, especially this season when we're just seeing, I mean, it makes sense, but because the, you know your Panthers and your Storm and all these sort of teams are putting on 40, 50 points with ease, um, you look at a Tigers side who, who might, on any given week might score 10 points, you just want a piece of that pie in the good team. So I'm a bit worried about it. Desi's not that worried about it. But Desi, anything to add on the hot topics? No, man, no. <clears throat> All right, boys, let's get into the antipod and pod plays of the week. Uh, I really enjoy this segment. I like doing a bit of research on this segment. Um, Desi, you can kick us off, mate. Who's your pod and your antipod for the week? All right. Um, antipod, I'm going to go really controversial on this one, boys. Nathan Cleary. <laughs> Nah, just joking. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, but Des, I, I, for anyone, anyone else, you would have just you know brushed that off and said you know you're lying. But for you, I was like, you know what, he'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I never thought I'd call something this vanilla as an antipod this season. But it's Captain James Tedesco this week against the Broncos instead of Cleary or Turbo. Picture that, like Teddy as an actual antipod captain against the Broncos. Mm, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, pod move, I, I'd say bring in someone like maybe Tamalolo, nice and early this week. Good matchup against Newcastle at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. So everyone's going to have him in about a month or so anyway. So mm. no harm in going early on Lolo if he's getting big minutes. Yeah, don't hate it at all. And, and he has played two, uh, something like 71 and 65 minutes in the past two weeks. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a fair play, as you said, with an, an early eye to round 17 and, and get ahead of the pack. Adam, what have you come up with, mate? Well, I haven't done my homework, so I've been thinking of it live since you asked the question. But <laughs> the, the other thing I'm, I'm thinking as I'm sitting here is if I went early, oh, except Sam Walker's playing the Broncos, I was just thinking, like, it just feels to me like Jerome Hughes for Sam Walker 
get, give me plays round 13 is, is interesting, but it might be that everyone does it next week or anyone who does it next week. It's just so hard to trade out Walker playing against the Broncos. And so I don't think I'm going to do that. So forget that. I couldn't work out if um, Des was, was saying Captain Teddy or don't Captain Teddy. I couldn't I think you were saying Captain. <laughs> were you, mate? No, definitely Captain. Captain okay. Because you said any pot. I, I didn't know. Um, yeah, because I think oh, it's so tempting to, to Captain Teddy, isn't it? Um, mate, nothing's jumping out at me. I'll, I'll think while you're speaking. That's all right, mate. Yeah. No dramas. <clears throat> um, I mean, I, 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 that was my, funnily enough, that was my antipod and my pod play last week of, of Sam Walker and Jerome Hughes. Um, ne- I, I won't be doing it this week because I think Sam Walker's matchup against the Broncos in Sydney is so enticing. You could go huge. But next week or for round 13, I'm really, really looking at doing that. You know, <clears throat> Sammy Walker's close to 100% of teams in the top 100. Hughes is about 4%, so a oh, massive play there. Um, as for this week, my pod, uh, one that I really like is Justin Olam. Uh, I said mentioned before that I, ju- I just want a piece of – I don't own any Melbourne Storm players at the moment. And you watch them with the ease that they're putting scores on this, uh, this season, um, and it doesn't look like changing – I just want a player, particularly in their outside backs, Justin Olam, 4% of the top 100 uh, and also 4% of the top 10,000, plays round 13. He's got Josh Adokari outside of him, which only helps his try assist uh, potential there. I think Olam's a massive player and he's also under 500K, so I'm looking at him big time in the next couple of weeks. Antipod play, uh, we spoke about him all plenty before, but not selling Dane Laurie, but just benching Dane Laurie. I think... Most people will be looking – he's owned by, what, pretty well 100% of the top-ranked teams. Uh, lots and lots of people will be putting him in their 17s this week for good reason. Uh, I think benching Dane Laurie is a massive play. If he goes low, like he has the last two weeks, um, there's your Anypod play of the week. Fellas, let's jump on to our top sport punting plays of the week. Touch on last week where we had a bit of success. Uh, the spy didn't. He had Panthers 30-plus into a Heinz double. No good. Desi, bit of form, mate. You had the Tigers and Knights to have the overs in points scored. Broncos man, the overs in points scored. Then Roosters to cover the line, paid seven bucks. So you've come steaming back into contention. Matty Ryan had the Knights and Tigers overs and then a Brian Toto hat-trick. No good. Uh, and I had the Eels and Roosters to both cover their lines at 380. Uh, and then a little side bet of Daniel Tupu to score a try, not a part of the plays. I'm up to $53.50. Desi, you're up to $39. The spies dropped down into $17.50, all profits. So uh, a bit of success there. If you do want to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If joining, use the code SC Playbook when signing up. 18 plus gamble responsibly. Desi, what have you got for us this week, mate? Continue the good form. Yeah, I'll, I'll go the uh, three-leg same game multi here for the Roosters game. I think they'll cover the negative 18 and a half line against the Broncos. And I think Tedesco and Tupo, anytime try scorers, should give you around four, $455 odds. Mate, I had the exact same play and we didn't talk about it. <laughs> I, was going, I don't think any of us have gone to the same game multi this season uh, with top sport, but I had the same. I thought the Roosters to cover that line with a fair bit of ease and then Teddy and Tupu to be same same game try scorers. So that's ridiculous, but we'll be we'll right at home together. Uh, Adam, did you have something for this or not quite get to it? Yeah, and I can come up with something pretty quick, mate. I would have yeah, – um, I reckon the Dogs with the start against the Titans. That's probably – and I don't normally bet on the Bulldogs, so I'm not – just because I support them doesn't mean I was betting them, but I reckon Dogs with the start or almost head-to-head actually against the Titans. I just think we're 
we're due. We nearly beat, <laughs> we nearly beat those Raiders. Uh, and I would say the Broncos, uh, sorry, the Roosters are going to cover that start pretty comfortably. So I'd probably say that, and I'd be tempted to throw Melbourne in covering the start as well. I thought the Raiders were pretty ordinary and we're taking out their three best players. Uh, I think there's there's dramas down there. So I'd, I think that's what I'll say. I'll say Bulldogs with the start into Roosters covering the start and Storm covering the start. That's right, mate. The Raiders have got a, a good-looking uh, young halfback coming through this week in place of Jack White, and so they could be a different side. Who knows? Round 11 trades and skippers, boys. Desi, fire us away. Um, well, I'm definitely uh, just going straight captain on Teddy. I think vice-captain is going to be irrelevant. 100% have to captain him if you've held him or have him. Um, trades, I think I have to trade out for feeder to either Madison or... Lolo, maybe. I'm not sure. It was going to be Madison before Adam basically told us he's not a pot at all anymore. So, <laughs> um, and then I'll probably do Schuster to Dewey as well for the second trade. Yeah. Uh, Adam, I know you mentioned before that you, you're still very much looking at your trades, and it is a little bit hard, mate. I, I'm on the same most weeks, and this week's another one of them where, you know, we, we, we call the trades so far out from the first game of the round. There's so much to unfold still. Yeah. Teams have just dropped. Um, but, mate, you're, you're sort of looking at moving on a couple of back rollers for a couple of gun back rollers, was it? Yeah, I think Takiaho and uh, – the more I look at it, I think it's, uh, it's Takiaho and Current out and Madison and Fisher-Harris out. Hey, by the way, I thought of an antipod. My antipod would be um, Tavita Pangai because mm. I got sucked in like everyone else did bringing him in and every, he's, he's, so many teams have got him and uh, he's he's been like junk. So And I think they're going to get toasted against the Roosters, so – I'd be having him as an antipod this week. I, I might, if I can bench him, I'll bench him. Yeah, well, that that may that's a fair shout. And I, I sort of looked at the same thing. The only thing that led me to sort of keep playing is that he does look locked into that eighty minute role. But I mean, forty one points last week against Manly, and and as we've all basically said that the Roosters are going to roast the the Broncos. So if that happens, you know, it could be very very smart, small scoring there. And uh, mate, your skippers. I, look, it's easy to say Teddy, you know, but I, I think I'm just going to stick with Cleary. I, I captain him most weeks, and you know the guys just pull out 225. Even if he does half that against Souths, I'll be I'll be pretty happy, Desi. So I'll, I think I'll stick with Cleary at this stage. Yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting. Penrith paying a dollar thirty against Souths. Geez, that's short odds when Latrell's back, but but they're just going that well. I think I have to stick with him. Mm, yeah, Cleary will be putting on a show for the Dubbo faithful out there. So. Uh, awesome game of footy, though. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, still working on trades, but at this stage, I, I'm pretty keen on Nofaluma, despite all my Tigers bashing. I like Dewey inside him. So Nofa, maybe for someone like Capewell, I'm on the fence a little bit whether to sell Capewell or just run him as a sort of fourth, fifth um, centre wing each week. Um, also, if I can free up 65K elsewhere, I can go Bailey Simonson to Nofa. Uh, which looks like a pretty good one as well. Because I know Simo has a single-digit break even this week, but he's playing the Storm. And then once once that sort of 70 or 80-odd from two weeks ago drops out of his rolling average, he's going to have a really high break even. So um, time to get rid of Simo. Boys, let's jump into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up for the week. Uh, one from Matt Wong uh, on the Teddy topic. Is selling Gutho to Teddy worth serious consideration for the cash for overall owners? Have already sold... Pap and D for feeder, and only have a hundred thousand pre-trade. So trying to think ahead to create cap space while collecting decent points over the next two weeks from Teddy. Uh, Desi, I'll fire that one at you, mate. And I think it's a really good question because 
Gutho's about to leak a lot of cash, but he plays round 13, and he's probably the only one of the guns who will play round 13. Would you be going Gutho to Teddy? No, definitely not. I, I think Teddy scores really well, but you don't sell guys this close to the buy. We said it earlier. Like This is way too late to sell any buy player, especially mm. the best potential fullback for the buyer. Um, Percentage-wise, ownership-wise, a lot of people have him. No one's going to sell him. It would be stupid to. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't know how he only has 100K left over selling yeah. Kevin Nelson and Fafita. That's a, that's ridiculous, but uh, yeah, don't 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 sell Gotha. No, he must have traded enough to Isaiah Papali'i or something to to get rid of that six hundred k free that he had. But I mean, yeah, as you said, I mean the Eels playing the Knights in that uh, that bye week where Gutho is probably your massive massive pod skipper, and there's a serious opportunity there. Yeah, financially speaking, it, it'd make sense, but uh, as we speak about time and time again, you've you've got to think points over finances at times. Uh, Adam, one from Pat Watkins. Uh, got two for us this week, he says. What to do with Peachy? I think we've touched on the fact that we'd be holding Peachy gone for two weeks. Uh, vital number for round 13. Um, and they're doing better at the same time. Mate, that was all pretty well one question on Peachy, so we'll scrap that one. Um, one from Chris Moa. What are you doing with Dave Fafida and Kurt Capewell? We've spoken about Dave Fafida and said that he's still probably the sell. Desi's selling him. Tempted to sell both to Fisher-Harris and Nico Hines. What are your thoughts, mate? Uh, you mentioned before, Adam, that you're looking at holding on to Kurt Capewell. Well, I've got him. I've got him. So, But I can understand trading him out. Like, I've got him. He's one of those guys that I'm not excited by him. And like you say, he's going to play Origin. So if you could bring him in for Nico Hines, I think that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't be arguing with you. I'd say that's a pretty fair trade, or in your case, no, for who, whoever you're thinking. But um, because I've got him, I'm, I, it just feels like a luxury Luxury trade to be to be moving on a Panther at the moment. That's you know um, probably well enough at centre to keep him, but I can I can understand it. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the trades. Uh, really good question from Matty Broom. I'll throw this one at you, Adam, as our numbers man, and it's you know you laugh at it, and all we've said all all, uh, all episode is about the need to save trades. Is there a point when selling Cleary is a viable option to cash in on his price? Say he gets to one million by round thirteen, where he won't play. Then has a massive two hundred plus break even plus origin duties. Do you just hold him and save the trades, or is there a chance to, to downgrade Nathan Cleary if you were if that was to work occur? Nah, mate, that's just um, <laughs> I, I don't care what price he is. Like when he scores two hundred and twenty five, and everyone else has got him, and you don't, you're spewing. And then there's just there's just no other halfback that's come like remotely close to him. Like he's just so the difference between him and the second best halfback is so far. That I just, I just, you just can't afford to run a week without him. So, no, there's no situation <laughs> clear unless he unless he breaks his leg and he's gone for six weeks, which I don't. Oh, want to happen, but. The antipod play to end all antipod plays trading a million dollar Nathan Cleary. Uh, one from Timmy Moody. Just wanted to say thank you, fellas, for for all doing a great job. The podcast is such an easy listen with gold content. Timmy is one of the legends of the Supercoach community, so thank you very much for the feedback, mate. Uh, and a shout-out to him because he's currently sitting 13th overall in Supercoach. So, mate, the man is on fire and on a bit of a mission. So, Timmy, we'll be riding you home till the end, mate. So keep up the good work. Uh, Derek Woodston is an interesting one. Schuster to Chanel Harris to Vita or Ben Hunt via Connor Watson. Desi, would you be going Harris to Vita or Ben Hunt? A couple of pod plays that we haven't looked at. Uh, you'd probably be going Harris to Vita, I guess. 
because uh, he's going to play the second bye, whereas Ben Hunt probably won't be playing the bye. Mm. You'd, assume he's, you'd assume he's number 17 for for Queensland. He's he's like their backup hooker for Harry Grant. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sort of half thinking that it might just be AJ Brimson as the utility off the bench, but it sort of depends how they want to swing with it. Ben Hunt makes like 50 tackles a game, though. I'd assume he's going to be there, mm. I'd suspect. I'd be very surprised if they didn't pick Ben Hunt. CHT it is. Uh, one from Todd. Adam, is Sam Walker a sneaky captaincy option this week? Yeah, I think he is. Like, he, that's why beforehand I was talking about training him out, then I saw he's playing the Broncos and he's goal kicking. So <laughs> any any playmaker goal kicking against – I think I put in my article this week – any any playmaker goal kicking against the Broncos could go berserk. Like They're just so bad. Uh, I, I think he has to be a sneaky captaincy choice. It feels feels high risk versus captaining a Cleary, but – but geez, if it comes off, he could, and he's already shown he can go. He can go big. Such a good player. Yeah, you saw a handful of people do it a few weeks back when he scored that monster one seventy or one eighty, whatever it was, and massive, massive pod play from a bloke who's owned by close to one hundred percent of any decently ranked teams. But you know, not many people are going to have the nads to to put the captaincy option. So not for me. I'll be going safe with uh, James Tedesco, but far out. He's shown how big he can go. So why not roll the dice? Desi, one from Jaser, thinking Schuster to gamble, even though he got a rugby score because he wants to upgrade Simonson to Nico Hines. He won't be playing gamble. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really uh, give you the perfect answer to this one without looking at your entire team, but uh, I probably wouldn't be doing it. Uh, I don't think gambles are good, and Simonson's going to make a, a fair bit of cash, you'd expect, over the next few weeks. You can send him oh, – surely there'd be someone better in the mm-hmm. centre wing to send to Heinz and Simonson right now. But yeah. if, you, if you've got to do it, maybe, if, if that's the only way. But I think there's always another way. Yeah, Nico Heinz isn't that much of a must-have uh, that you need to get Tyson Gamble in your team. Do you do it? I actually felt bad last week. I had it on the run sheet to have a good chat about uh, Tyson Gamble because he was such a popular trade-in. And it just had red flags written all over. It was I was able to speak about it in the subscriber special podcast. And look, we, we may come back to bite our words, but he scored eight on the weekend and now plays the Roosters and then the Storm. Uh, and then, you know, job security is going to be a huge issue, you know, even before that round 13 bike, which you basically bought him for. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's too late now, but definitely don't be getting him in. Um, probably the only good news for him is that you know, he's, he's kept his spot this week. Anthony Milford's been dropped. Albert Kelly has come back in for his first game in the NRL in years. Uh, but I think, I don't know to what degree, but um, Brody Croft, I think, was injured in Queensland on the weekend, a uh, Queensland Cup on the weekend, I saw. So that's only going to help Tyson Gamble's job security. But yeah, geez, I, I wouldn't be jumping on, that's for sure. Um, well, we'll wrap it up. Desi, one from Connor Fordry. With many coaches stuck with one of Ponga or Pappenhausen, who is the ideal replacement? Hines, Tedesco, and Mitchell are all intriguing options, but they all have negatives in likely origin selection or job securities. Who would you be going uh, trading in fullbacks out of those? Uh, at present, Tedesco against the Broncos. The The next couple of games for the Roosters are very enticing. He's, he's the top one out of those three. Hell yeah. I'm with you, mate. Um, let's wrap that one up for today, guys. Desi, thank you very much, mate. Pleasure as always, boys. Adam, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Timmy. No worries, man. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.